Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Who's your man to lead us? Who's not a total dud? Who's your brother bleeding? Crimson blue blood. Who's your man demanding what you want and more? Who's you gotta get us back to the final four? We got to vote for Eric, man for you and me. We all trust in Eric, future trustee. If you want to see the candy stripe back in the promised land, you best just vote for Eric, cause I know who As who's your man? Hello, Ward. Welcome back, Eric. Thank you. Thank you. I just got back. Uh, like an hour ago. Uh, I imagine it, your parents were absolutely thrilled that you guys surprised them for their 50th wedding anniversary. Happy anniversary to Wally and Marsha. That is amazing. It is amazing. It, it was something that me and my brother and sister, my brother lives in Southern California as well, but my sister lives in St. Louis and we did something special for them for their 40th. We did a big surprise party for their 40th. And for their 50th, I was like, well, they already got the party. They're not getting another one of those. That's just too much work. I mean, and I mean, we didn't think they'd make it to 50. I mean, we <laughs> I, thought we, I thought something would go wrong. Like that, you that cashed was it all in on 40. Exactly. So then when 50 came rolling around, we're like, shit, well, I guess we got to do something. So <laughs> It was nice. We went, all the kids came uh, back. Uh, Holly, my girlfriend, and, and her son came. It was oh, just really cool. nice. We spent the whole weekend from, from Thursday night through this morning, uh, all, all hanging out and uh, probably gained, you know, my customary 20-pound weekend when I either visit St. Louis or Bloomington. Just a lot of food. A lot was it food. was custard involved? Yes, several times, <laughs> several times. Custard, toasted raviolis were involved. Emo's pizza for those of you who know St. Louis. So it was a great weekend. A lot of talk about Indiana basketball, and a lot of talk about what's happening. Really, this time tomorrow, we will know, Ward, who the next two trustees of Indiana University are, and we will know if I am one of them. <laughs> Well, when you say this time tomorrow, that is if for the listeners listening to this on Tuesday, because it's Monday night. So it's it's not like, OK, uh, the, the polls have closed and now we need a couple, three days to tally the votes. They're going to like announce it right away. Yeah, I think that what happens is Tuesday morning, they start counting the mail in ballots. They've okay. been collecting the actual mail in ballots of which mm -hmm. there are. I don't know a couple thousand maybe there's many more votes online like multiples of like 10 or 20 perhaps you know and so they start counting the mail-in ballots the morning of uh the last day of the election wednesday all voting online stops at 10 p.m eastern time i'm sorry 10 a.m eastern time all voting stops tomorrow wednesday 
So then they tabulate the votes and we should know within a couple hours after 10 a.m. So I think by noon Eastern time tomorrow, meaning Wednesday, we will know. And I think the way they do it is they call each candidate and they tell them, you're a loser or guess what? Be careful what you what you wish for. <laughs> so I don't know, man. I mean, it's been a fun ride. You know, we've got one more campaign endorsement that is coming out tomorrow, uh, a personal one. But I mean, Jared Jeffries, Christian Watford, Jordan Hulls, Cody Zeller, Brian Evans, Steve Green, Will Sheehy, Mark, Mark Cuban. Cuban. Yeah, I mean, Yogi Ferrell, the Van Arsdales. You know, I mean, it's been pretty great. And and look, the reason we're doing this podcast the way we're doing it today is it's been almost a year and a half, maybe just over a year, or I'm sorry, two and a half years since we started this podcast. It started with just you and me yelling at each other. It was all just a ploy to get you elected to the board <laughs> yeah, of trustees. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> the ultimate Trojan horse. <laughs> <laughs> the podcast did lead directly to me making the rash decision to run and we've had fun with it. So it felt like the, the eve of the election that it would be fitting that if it was just you and I kind of going back to our roots, we haven't done one of these in a long time where it's just you and I doing what we do, catching up, shooting the shit about Indiana, basketball, football, whatever it might be. But one more plea, if you haven't voted yet and you have any interest in me being trustee, this is it. You got like 24 hours to do it. EPfortrustee.com slash vote. EPfortrustee.com slash vote. It takes 60 seconds. So you got 24 hours, plenty of time to find 60 seconds or to get your buddy, your spouse, your parent, your kid who just graduated to get in there and make it happen and leave, leave it all out on the court, as they say. Uh, by the way, I used to have a, uh, there was a guy that I worked with who used to say, don't leave it out on the court. <laughs> and, and I would argue with him. I go, no, idiot. It's leave it all out on the court. Like you want to put everything you have on the court. Don't take it with you because you, <laughs> that doesn't matter if you take it with you. And he goes, no, no, no. You don't want to leave anything on the court. You, you want to, no, no, moron. And this guy was making a lot of money as a big executive at CBS. I'm like, it's not don't leave it on the court. You want to leave it on the court. And he's like, no, but if you leave it on the court, then that means you didn't do it. No, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's clearly not an Indiana native, probably not even all that into basketball because right. that is, that is one of, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's even more popular than don't get caught watching the paint dry. Which, which we have learned meant really nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it had, we all thought it meant like, don't get caught in the three second, right? Like don't get caught for the three seconds. I envisioned it. Mean that. Yeah. If you were on defense, like don't get caught watching the, or just at any, you're watching the but game. But it was right happen. before they ran the picket fence. Right. Yes. Yes. So I always thought it meant, run the play, but don't get caught in the paint just watching it dry because you'll get called for a three-second. Turns out Dennis Hopper was just crazy. It didn't mean anything. <laughs> well, and I wouldn't even throw him under the bus for that. I would say, being a brilliant actor, he's working off of 
the people around him. And those kids were looking at him like they needed and wanted him to say something else. So he gave it to him. And we're talking about it 30 years later. No, it's true. I just love the idea that they went to him and go, why'd you say that? And he's like, I don't know. It's something my dad used to say to me. I don't know. Like, <laughs> there was no practical application of it. You know, he just, like you said, he needed to fill the void of silence <laughs> that was created by these basketball players who had no idea how to act, who were like, what are we supposed to do now? <laughs> and one of them might end up being uh, one of the foes you defeated on your way to the trusteeship. Or he could be the next trustee. By the way, over the weekend, I did. my dad gave me advice. Okay. He said, look, son, no matter what happens, like if you lose, be extremely gracious quickly. Like do it quickly. Be gracious to the winner. The winners, tell them that, you know, they have your support. And, and I said, you must not know me that well, dad. <laughs> I don't like to use this word a lot because it sounds just totally D-baggy, but uh, you must not know my brand that well. <laughs> we don't know what we do here at Hoosier Hysterics. How have you listened to 125 episodes and come away thinking that I would be gracious about that, Father? Uh, so, uh, yeah, man, look. It was an amazing weekend. The trustee thing is happening, but there was some real bad news that came over this weekend, and we knew it was going to happen a couple days beforehand. Yeah. Jimmy Chitwood decided to go play for those a-holes in Syracuse, and that one hurt. That one stung because I thought we had a really good shot at him, and, you know, it fell apart. It just fell apart, and I do think part of it and people don't want to hear this. I think this guy really liked the idea of the possibility of playing with Kyle Filipowski. Yeah. And uh, how should we say this? He at least thinks Kyle Filipowski is not coming to Indiana. Syracuse is in Kyle's backyard. And the pitch that Bayheim had, which is a pretty good one, is I want you to be my new son. I want you to be what my son was for us these last few seasons. And, you know, it, that's kind of hard to argue with how his son was fit into that system and was able to just rack up the points and shoot the lights out. And Mike Woodson, a year from now, a season from now, could point to his team on the court and a player he had as like the pitch. But right now, Woody just doesn't have that look you do exactly what my flesh and blood son did at a high level for us. He's gone. And now you can come in, be this for us immediately. It's one of those ones where did I, you really do anything wrong? No, it sounds like they did a great job with this recruitment, but they simply didn't have that to offer with Justin Taylor. Yes. Correct. Correct. Although I would argue the one thing they may have done wrong is they purposely set up Filipowski and Justin Taylor to visit together, thinking mm -hmm. that that could work to their favor. And I think they bet right on that as far as, yes, bringing them together and them getting to hang out bonded them in a way, but you got to nail both recruitments for something like that to work. And while I think we're confident we nailed the Justin Taylor recruitment, I do not think we're confident at all that we nailed the Kyle Filipowski recruitment. I think that actions speak louder than words. 
we went and saw him play, I think, one game this weekend, this last weekend, and then they left town to come back to Indy and didn't keep a presence there. I think that tells you everything you need to know about where they think they stand in the Filipowski recruitment. And, uh, you know, it just sounds like they did not nail that official visit with him in a way that would have made it so that both those guys come out and go, oh, man, we could both play for Indiana. That'd be awesome. Uh, You know, I think there's other factors, too. I mean, Syracuse is in Filipowski's backyard, you know, and and yeah, I said that. Huh? Yeah, I just said that. Oh, I thought you were talking about Taylor. Nope, nope, okay. that it's in Filipowski's backyard. So now, especially with Taylor being there, Kyle's like, geez, that is right uh, there. The but you were talking about Taylor when you said, be my next son. Yeah, that's that was that's Taylor, right. but we were talking about Filipowski. But, you know, it's all the more reason we need to beat the living shit out of the Orangemen in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Couldn't agree more, man. We And, and by the way, you look at the schedule, I mean, the schedule sucks. Let's just be honest. And, and Mike Woodson basically said it was going to suck. I mean, in one of those first, you know, press conferences that he did with Zoom media, he basically was like, listen, you know, I want to play the big guys, but you read between the lines and it was like, well, I don't want to play them this year. Mm-hmm. And so the rest of the schedule that's been kind of rolled out piecemeal is a bunch of really bad teams. And we got St. John's in the Gavit games, which is not exactly a world beater. Right. And we've got Syracuse, which is not exactly a world beater in the ACC. Obviously, we have no say over that. That was right. the ACC. It does make me sad, like it did last year, too, that we are no longer the last couple of years being given the marquee game in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Right. Because it, we're not that. You know, it's like when you look who got the three big games, it was Ohio State, Michigan State, and Michigan. And you can't argue with that. Wow, I didn't even look at it, but I, that, that, who did Purdue get? Um, let me see. I can pull it up. But I know uh, it's Duke, Ohio State, UNC, wow. Michigan. Mm-hmm. And then oh, Purdue got Notre Dame. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. I'm so, surprised they did that to them. When I kind of looked at it, I was like, I don't know what kind of numbers the ACC schools do outside of UNC and Duke, but I kind of assume like Syracuse is a bigger draw still than Florida State. Yeah, so but not bigger than Louisville. Not bigger than Louisville. Who and wait, who's who's against Louisville? That I must don't know, be, but that's Michigan State. Oh, but like the ACC, it's it's North Carolina, Duke, Louisville, Virginia, right? Like those are the four. You want to do play you think one of those Virginia? Schools? Do you think Virginia gets the same kind of numbers as Syracuse? I don't know about numbers, but I think that if you're ESPN right now, you're looking at those four teams as those are the marquee teams from that conference, and you're looking at the Big Ten, and we are not one of the four marquee teams in the Big Ten conference. And that makes me sad because – but we've talked about it. We, we haven't yeah. earned it, Ward. No. We, we have not earned it. We don't belong well, it, there. It's – yeah – I I didn't see who was playing Virginia. I lo- I missed that. But it's oh here, in here. Let's see. Here we go. What do we got? We got we got we got. Who's got Virginia? Oh, Iowa's got Virginia. Eh. I mean, eh. yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, without Luca Garza. Yeah. Like okay. That that's where I'm kind of like after those those top three or four games. It's like well, we still pull as good a numbers as anybody. So they're kind of like, well, Indiana and Syracuse haven't done much lately, but they're still Indiana and Syracuse. They're marquee programs. They have this history. 
um, and let's get them together. So to me, it's at least more exciting because of the history between the two schools than say Florida state, which has been a stronger program the last couple of years than Syracuse, but there's not that, you know, uh, almost 30 year, 35 year rivalry, which I did read and this is because pigs.com is the best that that championship game was the only time Indiana has beaten Syracuse. Really? Yeah. And then, of course, we I lost. remember like the next year we played them or two years later and they smoked us. Yeah. And, and then obviously they, we all remember that the, the Sweet 16 game. But then we played them, I believe, in the ACC Big Ten Challenge the very, you know, a few months later for the next season. And they smoked us again. Yeah. Look, I, it's also going to be probably the only road game we play before the conference season starts. I mean, the where's way the Gavit game? Up, we're hosting St. John's. Okay. All right. Yeah. So I think it's going to be the only road game we play, which I'm not a huge fan of truthfully. I think you got to play some road games to get ready for the big 10 or else that kind of hits you in the mouth right off the top. But hopefully we've got enough guys with trace and race and Miller, uh, um, Miller and Rob Finnessy and even Christian after a year that they get what that is. And you've got guys like Xavier Johnson coming in, who's played big time college basketball for several well, years. And when we talk about one of the big things that was wrong with the team as of late was confidence is that if Woody takes him to the Bahamas, then Woody has some cupcakes for him early on and they kind of get an identity and a sure. swagger about him. that there's, there's an argument to be made there. Yeah. Go into the big 10 season, feeling really good about yourself and, and take your chances that way. I, I don't think it's the long-term way to go either, but I can see that strategy in year one. Yeah, me too. I mean, look, as a fan, I always want us to play the big games. I, I like big marquee games in November and December before the conference starts, just because it's cool to have like a big weekend game or midweek game where you're like, wow, we're playing a top 15 team. It's not going to happen this year. I mean, we may not play. We, we, we won't play a ranked team in, in the uh, pre-conference, which sucks. I just don't like that, but I get it. I think you're right. I, I get the confidence building. I do want to go back to recruiting though. Look, we did a we did a reasonable rabbi on it. I, I'm really worried about 2022. I am. I am. We're we're gonna we're going to strike out on the top three uh, priorities. The top three priorities were Jalen Washington, Justin Taylor, and Kyle Filipowski, and we are probably going to strike out on all three. I'm not happy about that. Uh, that's not a understandably. Great start. But I literally cannot keep up with the scholarship offers we're putting out. Some still new ones for 22, a lot for 23. And the, the net just seems to be cast so wide now. I agree. And like Tom Cream did. Yeah, I, like it, Tom Cream threw out a bunch of offers. Look, it, it feels okay. Yeah, but so everybody was everybody was hating on the Colvin scholarship. We've never heard of this guy. We're trying to find tape on this guy. We don't know anything about this guy. Two weeks later, man, this guy's got something really special. And I don't now know, man. I know a lot of people are still saying, I mean, Butler was debating whether to offer him. Liberty was debating whether to offer him. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I talked to Rabbi, and Rabbi's like, he's still a big project. Like he's got big athleticism. Well, but, but what year is he? Is he 23 or 24? 23. Yeah. Yeah, so but it's I mean, not about offering him as much as it was how they offered him. That, yeah, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to digress back into that. What I'm saying is, I just feel like there's a lot of fish in the sea, 
And and when it rolls into like, oh, it's closed and we're beginning the 2022 season and damn, this is a weak recruiting class we have, you know, a few weeks before that, I'll really start to freak out. But I'm just in Woody, I still trust. I think in the transfer portal, Woody trusts. Sure, that too. Maybe that's the maybe that's the way this thing rolls for the next five years. Yeah, God, I, I, yeah, maybe. I don't like that, but I mean, I, I would prefer it the old-fashioned way. But when you you see Taylor or Taylor Baylor and Arkansas, you know, in the Final Four with a bunch of uh, transfer portal guys. it definitely can work. I'm not saying it can't work, Ward. I, and Woody I, killed it in the transfer portal this go around. No, we did. But I think this one was by necessity because of how late this team came in, this staff came in. They had well, to. Well, 22 might be by necessity it, now, it too. It might be. But as a fan, what I love about college basketball is getting the kid from high school and watching him develop for hopefully three and four years. And I know the Cody Zellers of the world lasted two, you know, Victor lasted three, but, but Cody lasted two, but Yogi was four. Jordy was four. Watford was four. Like that last great team, you know, and I know OG was only two, but Juwan Morgan was four. That is what I love about college basketball more than anything is watching a kid come in and matriculate through Indiana and, own a piece of Indiana the way you do like you and I did when you go for three or four or more years, five years, you know, there used to be a lot of red shirts that would come through Indiana and spend five years. Some of the greats of all time were there for, for five years. And just, I'm just talking about as a fan, I'm not, I'm not saying it can't work. I know it can work. I see it. Like you said, with Musselman and, and other guys, I just don't like that as much. I don't well, like you were saying you were worried, which which makes me think yes. more like you're concerned we won't be able to have enough talent to compete. Whereas, like not liking something, I'm this, I'm kind of this, you know, I do. I feel the same way. I'm I'm old school that way, but it's like with that NIL, it's like, here we go. This is the world we're living in now. Yeah, I am worried about it in that I don't. I mean, it's because I haven't seen it yet work at Indiana, but I, I don't know if you're going to be reliant on the transfer portal, how stable of a strategy that is. And look, Rabbi covers it more than we do. And you know, he has told us like, that's just a risky proposition because if you don't nail it, your team isn't like, like if you, if you build from high school and have the foundation, your floor is raised. And if you're relying on the transfer portal and you miss out one year, your team sucks that year. And that scares me about Indiana. And it's not what I want for Indiana. Like, I want to win these recruitments against pissant schools like Syracuse that I just think we're better than. I think our campus is better. I think what we have to offer from an alumni base is better. I think the exposure you have as a basketball player is better. Our coach has never murdered anybody. that we know of um but yes exactly i just think look i know i'm a homer of course we are that's what Mm -hmm. we are but we are losing consistently to and i know i'm 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 tainted by the last four years but creighton ohio state villanova virginia like i mean just i know some of those are great schools I, i get it but we're just getting beat all the time and 
Justin Taylor and Filipowski are going to – Justin Taylor has announced he's going somewhere else. We're not getting Filipowski, and we're not getting Jalen Washington. But guess Jaylen who's Washington. on campus right now? Who's on campus right now as we record this? Jalen hood Shafino, which I, I – look, it would be oh, awesome. Oh, yeah. I'm all for Jay Hood. I'm all for him. And Kenya's on it, and I have faith in Kenya. I have more faith in Kenya than I have in anybody else on the staff. For good reason. Yeah. I mean, he's delivered. He is absolutely delivered. Look, I love Dane Fife, but I think people that have gone nuts about Dane Fife's recruiting prowess need to like rethink that a little bit because Dane Fife had Tom Izzo. Okay. And Tom Izzo was a monster recruiter. And, you know, Dane Fife is great and we love him and love his passion but Tom Izzo recruited those kids to Michigan State. And I, I'm just not sure that, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, I'm a little, I, I'm not in a great mood right now on recruiting because of the Taylor thing and the Filipowski thing and the Jalen Washington thing. I mean, those were the three priorities that, that anybody who follows Indiana basketball said that that's who the staff laid out. Those were priority one, two, and three with Jalen Washington being at the top. And it feels like we're not going to get any of them. And that's Woody's first recruiting class. So sure, there's Noah Clowney and Caleb Banks. And there's another kid that, that got reported on at Peaks today, some six foot six wing that would fill the Taylor slot that like blew up out of nowhere. I, do, have you, did you hear about this kid? Yeah. The, and this is where I'm like, I can't, I can't keep it straight right now. And, and this is also an exciting time we're in because of all these kids who developed during the pandemic that nobody could really see. And Fair so in enough. the last month, it's been a bonanza of like guys who weren't even on the radar shooting up the, the ratings and the rankings. And, you know, in one weekend, getting a flurry of high major offers that had none before. And that's why I feel like, yes, those were the first three beginning early priorities for the staff, but it's still relatively early in the cycle and when you figure out okay who else is out there along with the transfer portal do i think am i starting to lay awake at night worried that after what i expect to be a really good season this season with everybody we have coming back that there's going to be some precipitous drop off next year because we didn't get these three guys no i'm not worried about that yet give me time i'll get there so the guy that got that blew up today with an offer from Indiana is Bryce Sensabaugh from Lake Highland Prep. Here's that. Other, I think Florida. Oh, yeah, sure. Here, here are the other people that have offered him. Florida International, Florida Gulf Coast, Georgia Tech, Northwestern, SMU, Stetson. Oh, yeah. U- University of Southern Florida. Vanderbilt and Xavier and we have now offered we are by far the biggest offer I guess what I don't get is like with Michael Doerr right the transfer Mm -hmm. that we got we were by far the best offer that he had like forget our homerism we were by far the best offer and guess what we got him real quick because That's 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 what should happen when you're the best offer with this kid I mean where's he gonna go Honestly, like, are you going to choose Northwestern over Indiana? It, I mean, we cannot lose a recruitment to Northwestern. We're no. not going to lose. Or, the, are we going to the, lose or maybe Xavier? But they've sucked under Travis Steele. They haven't been good. Well, and who 
in terms of is this a guy who had an event in the last week or is I it think be- so yeah so then okay let's give it a few weeks he may give it a few weeks to see who else steps in because clearly if that's the menu we're we're the entree we're the filet he's got to go with us or uh, do you as a staff if you love the kid do you go listen dude we're recruiting other people the slot's yours right now but we ain't going to keep it warm for you. Like, I feel like when you're Indiana and it's a kid like this with the list he has, you can play hardball a little bit if you really want him. I, maybe, but that that could so easily backfire that if he's like, oh, no, I'm fully expecting to get other other great programs to come after me. They just don't know about me yet. And you guys are being arrogant. Go, 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 go take a long walk off a short pier. Um, <laughs> I do like his name, Bryce Sensabaugh. You like it or you do not? I do like it. I you, think that's you, a strong I, name. I like the way you pronounced it. Do you think it's incorrect? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I could just see your mind working as you read it. Yeah. And, and it came out quite smooth. I was expecting more of a struggle when you enunciated. Bryce Sensabaugh. Ah. I know it just sounds good. Yeah. Um, hey, uh, what's going on with IU football? Just like a, a commitment every like five minutes? Is that this what happens? Is wh- this is where Matt Weaver tried to make it seem like not that difficult when he spoke with us about keeping track of all this. But my, every time, every time, every Friday, when you see everybody he's tracking, I'm just like, I don't, I don't, he must be really good at Excel and, and conversation. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, great memory. But, I mean, like, every time I go on Twitter now, it's another picture of Tom Allen doing this, you know, uh, <laughs> with hands up in the air celebrating a commitment. By the way, this shows you how stupid the NCAA is. You know, you're not allowed to communicate directly with a recruit on social media. So, like, Tom Allen can't tweet at a kid that he's recruiting. Right. That's a rule. But if the kid tweets, Tom Allen can like it, retweet it and respond to it with like whatever he wants. What are we doing? Just get out of social media. Just you don't have the wherewithal, the knowledge or the capacity to monitor it and track it. So just get out of it. Like the free market will decide if a coach is being too overbearing on a kid, he won't commit to him. That's what will happen. The The market will find its level on that stuff. The NCA is such a joke and even more of a joke the more you read about what's going on with NIL where they're, I mean, they can't even come up with a waiver in a good way. <laughs> they really can't. It's unbelievable how they are just trying to equivocate and You know, I think the latest thing they came out with that said they're going to allow universities in states that have passed NIL laws are going to have to monitor to make sure that their university is abiding by state law. And in states that don't have laws, they're saying to those schools, uh, we're just going to say no more amateurism until we figure something else out. So you guys figure it out. It's like, it's just awful. It is a little bit what Blake Lawrence was telling us about. They are just basically going to throw their hands up. And if you're in a state that doesn't have pre-existing laws on NIL, like Indiana, you're in better shape. Oh, I think that conversation made that very clear. 
Um, I'm still unclear with all the because uh, I'm not seeing any of this firsthand, but what's reported back on the Peaks board, whatnot, about what's going on with the K- Kentucky, the governor saying this and the 80s saying that. And if you want to get paid to play athletics, don't come here. I, I don't know how accurate any of that is, but I know that we don't have to deal with any of it because our state legislature, which is like across the street from the NCAA, is like, yeah, nope, like, uh, go for it guys just just do do what you want to do uh and and when yes i get it it's taxpayer dollars are going to indiana university in a major way but there's so many things that need to be fixed or addressed uh at the 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 state level for the entire state oh you know education from k through 12 all these other things do we really want our state legislature spending hours and hours and hours and sitting in meetings and committees to try to figure out how much trace can get paid for an instagram post it's like no 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 and i don't I don't want them deciding what businesses he can do. I don't, I want them totally out of it. And I want Indiana to just let it roll and see what happens. And it's up to the coaches to make sure that these kids aren't using it as a distraction, just like any other part of their life. Yeah. You know, I mean, like if you're partying too much, that's a distraction and a coach is there to talk to you about it. There's no state laws against partying. You know, I mean, like you, well, I mean, there's, there's drinking. <laughs> yeah, I, I violated you, you know, a few of those yeah. laws. <laughs> you, you spent some time in a jail cell because yeah. of those laws. But you know what I mean? It's like, if it, be, if it rises to the level of distraction, that's why you have coaches there to level out, to, to, to levy discipline. And it's up to them to figure out what is going to be disciplined and what isn't. That's part of coaching. But look, it's really important to kids. NIL is very important to Kyle Filipowski. He's voiced it. The people around him have voiced it. That was a big thing for him. So like, and still remains a big thing for him. And- Okay, your your top recruiting heartbreaks. I mean, cause you, you definitely were crushing hard on Jimmy Chitwood, on Taylor, Dawson Garcia. Nobody can forget that. Like, give me your- Give me your, and this, well, I this, mean, it goes back because yeah, that's what I'm saying. Give me, give me for your, your lifetime, or at least your pigs membership sure. time, the five biggest heartbreaks. The first one I remember being hurt by yeah. was Eric Montrose. Oh, I remember being hurt by that one. Yeah. Because he verbally committed, right? Yeah. Like yep. there was a verbal commitment and then he took it away. So that was the first time that I felt the sting of a recruitment before that, it never even occurred to me. Like, I just assumed whoever we got are the guys that we wanted. <laughs> yeah, the best guys. Right. Like, we we just, there's a list, and Coach Knight just went, yeah, him, 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 him. And they just said, yes. I thought that's how it worked. I thought it was a draft. Which, which was not entirely inaccurate right. for a lot of Coach Knight's tenure. So, so Montrose was the first one where it stung, and I was a kid – you know, what was I, Montrose committed, what, in the mid-90s or, or early 90s, right? Yeah, I think it was it was earlier. It may have and, been late and, 80s. It may have been like 89. It may have been around the time of Cheney and them. So I was like between 10 and 13 when it happened. And that stung. So that one still stung. Because he's from Indianapolis. It's yeah. like, how in the hell can you do that to, to IU, your totally. school? Um, then I would say... 
the Keon Brooks one really stings to this Mm. day. And I think for a lot of the fan base continues to, which is why you see stories. Oh my God, he's transferring to Indiana. Like I, you know, I think that that one really stung because it seemed like the cards were stacked in our favor that year. It seemed, it was Archie's like, you know, I know Romeo was his first, but trace was a result of Romeo in some way. And it felt like we were going to turn the corner still. And when trace committed and they were best friends, you know, and then there was a relationship with Armand Franklin too. It just felt like this was right. And there was the Ed Schilling connection where Ed Schilling coached his dad, which turned out to be worth as much as you and me recruiting Keon Brooks. So I would say that one is way up there. Um, you're, you're missing the most painful, obvious one. His father was a pretty good IU player. Oh yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Sean May is probably number one. Yeah. He probably is above Montrose. That's a good call. Sean May is number one. That one really hurt. But then, uh, but dude, I, it's like I block out Davis. Odin and Conley killed me because I thought when, I thought that was it. I thought we went to the championship game under Davis and it felt like this guy was going to get a different kind of recruit than we were used to, DJ White, like that kind of thing. And Odin and Conley, I thought, like, that's it. We're going to be on top of the mountain again. And when both of them went to our rival, Ohio State, it crushed me. Yeah. And it made me feel like, oh, my God, we're not going to be good. Like, there's no way out of this. Well, and and I think I, I don't remember – the whole process of when, oh, two of the best players in the country are in Indianapolis, yada, yada, yada. But it just seemed by the time the decision was made, I was, I, I never really got my hopes up for them because at least because I was not on pigs, I was not following the day-to-day minutiae that it just was always like, no, it doesn't seem like they're really considering us, like they ever really considered us. And I could be wrong, but that's why that one, it still sucked. And to me, it was a great uh, indicator that Davis's time was was borrowed, but that uh, it didn't break my heart because I never expected it to happen. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, Sean May is number one. Montrose, I'll put number two. I'll put uh, Keon number three for me i'll put uh justin taylor number four and i'll put dawson number five trey kaufman's not in there no not really because you and i talked a lot i didn't think we were getting him like i i all of the you know actions speak louder than words it just none of it felt right with him it just no to me he was making those trips up to to go to iu games yes but still like i'm not making a decision i'm not making a decision i'm not making a decision he kept pushing it off i want to go visit other places i want to go visit other places it never felt good to me it Mm. never felt good um look i hated it for sure darius garland hurt because Mm. that one felt like we were going to get it and it felt like you know, Rabbi was duped on that one. The dad really used him and, and that wasn't great. And, and that one felt like, oh my God, we're getting the best shooting guard in the country in Romeo and perhaps the best point guard in the country in Darius Garland. Oh my God, like we've got a final four team. This is, this is going to be it. And so when he, that hurt, but not as much. Taylor, I was pretty invested in because I really thought that was going to kickstart you know, Mike Woodson's real recruiting era here at Indiana. And it's just, it's, it's stalling it. 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I've, I've now been through this cycle uh, intimately with you. Uh, I think Dawson was the first really where you just are get, you get fixated. A lot of our conversations start or end or both with how that's going. And um, so then I get wrapped up in it too, you know, and, and now it has been enough times that I think going into to Taylor and even Filipowski it's kind of, I protect my heart a little bit. I, I, I just, I don't, um, it was like, I could never imagine what my children's faces would look like, what it would be like when they were five or even now yeah. when they're 15, I'm just sort of like, I'll believe it when I see it. And then, and then when like the commitment is, or you're holding the baby in your arms and you're like, okay, now I'm all the way in here. It is. Let's go. Um, so it, it, it doesn't make it just kind of like a bummer, right? Because it's been all good news in the Woody era. And now one definite miss, obviously it's not looking good for Filipowski or Jalen Washington. So this is the first time in the Woody era where we've gotten a dose of reality um, of what we all knew was coming disappointments, particularly on the recruiting trail, but they've just all kind of come in a short time span. These bad dominoes fell and it's kind of like, okay, I want to get to basketball fast now and just see that he's an awesome coach and that, that we're going to be great. And I don't have to put so much of my happiness on 17 year olds. I'm with you. I just want to get to the Bahamas and see us win two games. Like I just want to see us play. I'm not sure. I'm not sure you going is the best recipe for us winning those games. That's fair. I, I look, I'm the cooler. Like <laughs> it, it has not been good. My track record has not been good. I mean, you know who we need to get to go is Angelo Pizzo. It seems yes. whenever he shows up for big games, it works out. I mean, he does show up for every game though. So let's not go crazy with That's, Angelo's good luck charm here. I'm, I'm just thinking of like Philadelphia in 81 and then, right. I yeah. mean, he didn't not go going to New the Orleans. Oscars. Yeah. 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 That's fair. But I mean, he's been in a lot of the shit games too. <laughs> yeah. Including he was at the lost. Minnesota game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> including losing by 50 on the road. Look, man, I just, uh, here's the thing. The Bahamas is like 43 days away. We get to see Indiana basketball play in like 43, 44 days. Indiana at Iowa football is like 72 days away. You know, and Jalen Hood Shafino's on campus, and there's a lot of stuff going on in July with evaluation period. So we're in this great cascading, you know, news cycle right now of of Indiana sports, and it's just super exciting. I just wanted to land Justin Taylor to feel like, all right, we got one of them. We got one of them, and if we miss on Jalen and Kyle, okay, but we got a shooter. We don't have that yet, and. I just, I, I hate losing to these other teams that I think were superior then. But and I know we're think, not, I know we're not, but it feels like we should be. Yeah. Yeah. I just look at, and look, Scott Dolson, athletic director of Indiana university. Um, what he told us was recruiting is a big part of what he looks at with how a coach is doing. And part of the reason we had a coaching change, no doubt is what are the trajectory of recruiting And so 
we already know we're really excited with who's coming in this year, both transfers and, and, you know, Tamar and Logan, like this is a, a great group of players that are showing up in Bloomington for the first time, never mind who's coming back. Uh, but right now for the year after that, because we're always, we're always looking at the horizon and it's great news that CJ Gunn scored 30 points this last weekend. I think we're all excited to hear that his game is continuing to progress, but that's, that's really it right now for, for 22. So as long as Booker train, the Xavier Booker train for 23 is like speeding right now. People are freaking out about this kid. It is crazy. Just in the last few days, how it was like, Holy shit. This guy has, has a rare combination of, of size athleticism skill that I mean, the way they're talking, he's, he's going to definitely be like a five-star and who knows how, how high up. Yeah. I know. Look, I know you don't want to dwell on this, but it's why it bothers me more and more that we didn't offer him earlier and that he wasn't the first offer in that class because we were late to it. Other schools beat us to that offer. We do know that his team of people around him were offended that they were not offered before the Colvin offer went. That bothered them. Now, sure. it doesn't mean it's insurmountable, but it bothered them. It, it, it didn't seem like we needed to do that. And in talking to people both inside the Indiana program and way outside the Indiana program who are still inside college basketball, they were all like, yeah, Booker's the only kid in that class that matters right now. Like, and everybody Instinct. knows it. In and state. everybody knows in state. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And it, it should be talked about that, you know, hopefully internally within the program is like, guys, uh, we didn't mean to do this. This was a mistake. Let's dig ourselves out of this hole, you know, eat some shit and say, Hey, sorry guys, we're still kind of finding our footing as a, as a staff and how we're going about doing this, please allow us to woo you to the best of our ability going on but moving forward like i don't want to hear that those stories again i don't want to hear that those kind of very preventable mistakes are being made with top tier candidates where you need everything you need to do everything in your power to do that recruitment perfectly because that still might not be enough with right, a guy right. at that level. So you better, you better hit it out of the park and hope that is enough and, and then do that for five or six top guys a year and hope you get two or three of them because you didn't make easily preventable fuck-ups. Totally agree. And also I'll just say this. It's like, that's why Thad Mata was hired. That's why he was hired. That's right. why he was hired. Was but that's in, in terms of this, uh, this structure, however, we don't know. We're not in there. We don't know how it's working day to day, but we all know in our minds, the way it was presented or, or we imagined it to be is like, that is kind of overlooking all this stuff and make sure it's all coordinated and organized and it goes off without a hitch. So the assistants can like identify the kids, zero in on them, set it all up for Woody to walk into the living room and just slam it home. But when these kind of missteps happen, it's like, clearly they're not on the same page. There's not, the left hand not may not know cylinders. what the right hand is doing. Yeah. And I know some people I've seen it on the message boards. It's like, well, this is what we get with hiring a guy who has no college experience. There's going to be some growing pains. Yeah, I get that. But this one is simple. That, that's what bothers me about this one. It's simple and big. Like there's a lot of things that go into recruiting. 
Like, I mean, you know, Ward, we talked to Tamar Bates and we talked to his family. And one of the big things that worked in our favor was that we knew how to pronounce the kid's name. Like, so let's, there are the details that matter in a recruitment, you know, knowing what a recruit's brother and sister's names are and what they're into and making the whole family feel when it's appropriate, making the family feel like you're recruiting the family, you know, like there's so many little details that you could see it going, oh, they didn't nail that one. Okay. But this is who you are offering when. This is, they have meetings all the time within the program on who's on our big board, right? They have their board. Who yeah. is our priority for 2022, 23, and moving forward? They knew who the best player in the state was in 2023, and that was Xavier Booker. And they hadn't offered him, while our competitors had. And then they decided to make another offer to a kid that wasn't even on the board at that point in time. It was like a last minute addition. That to me just reeks of disorganization, the right hand not knowing what the left hand is doing, and no one sitting on top organizing the whole thing. Now, yes. Or, or they are, and those who are supposed to be carrying out those orders are not doing it effectively. Like, right. I mean, we yeah, don't know. That's like, possible. That's like, true. Like Thad true. could have laid all this out. And then Woody's like, I'm Woody. I'm going to go rogue. And I'm just going to, no, Colvin's, no. Colvin's my guy. I'm just going to do this right here and now. Totally fair. You're right. That could, that could be it. We don't know. And, and neither and, one is good. Neither one is good. Right. But they are one, they were preventable. Now they are fixable and it get egg on your face. You eat some poo on this one, but just don't do that again because it seems like you do the other stuff well. You do the in-person stuff well. You do the official visits well. So, I mean, I mean, I'm not well enough in the case of, of Taylor and Filipowski, but I'm, I, I don't think they screwed up the Justin Taylor official visit. I think that one went great. Rabbi's, you know, uh, interview with him right afterwards sounded like they hit everything. I don't think that we did not hear anything similar on Kyle Filipowski. And Ward, when you and I talked to Michael Mannix, Mike Mannix, what, days after the visit? Maybe a day or two after the visit? Yeah, it was on a Tuesday, so it was yeah, like- It was not effusive. It was not effusive. No, no, there was, was hesitation. Not. It was, how do I answer this? Mm -hmm. and, and then there was not a big story. And then people go crazy. Oh, he posted, I had a fantastic visit. To, come on. That, that's what they all do. That, that, that is just standard operating procedure. But as the dust settled and there was no like overwhelmingly positive report and long interview with him about how great Indiana is, I do think you just have to read the tea leaves and go, they didn't nail that one. And well, we or, have or, or what if this? Maybe it's just not a fit. You know, because I, I think it's like we don't have a big enough sample size with the staff. When you you hear the way the, the, the whole Bates family has responded to the whole thing and that it was good for Taylor and stuff like that. It's such a small sample size in 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 how this staff leaves an impression as a whole on recruits. It's 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 why I. I think Woody clearly has the persona and the presence to close some of these recruitments. And if they just don't make uh, missteps in the way they roll them out, we should still be really good at recruiting. I, I think so too. I don't think Woody made a misstep on the Kyle Filipowski visit, but I think that overall they didn't nail the Kyle Filipowski visit. 
like what did you hear went wrong with that visit? I, I just heard that it didn't get nailed. And there were some things, look, I mean, we know that he cares a ton about NIL. Yeah. I don't think he heard that from Indiana, even though we know from an athletic department, I mean, the quote from today, I'm sorry, not today's Tuesday. So Monday, Indiana announced a new uh, partnership. Did you read this partnership that Indiana announced with this uh, kind of a sports management NIL company? They're like not a company that's- Vs or something. Yeah, exactly. It's really more of a company that's going to help Indiana, not the, not the student athletes. It's going to help Indiana stay ahead of the curve on this stuff. It's going to help Indiana, like, this is what you should be doing. This is the next thing that you can use to help your student athletes. This is how you guys should prepare yourself. It's much more of an infrastructural uh, partnership than it is them working directly with student athletes, like the way Open Doors directly right. affects the student athletes. But in the press release for it, Scott Dolson says, and I quote, we want to be known as the NIL school. Like, that's it. He, we, and he said earlier in the press release that one of our core objectives is NIL for athletes. One of our core objectives. I don't think Kyle Filipowski heard that strongly enough from the collective staff at Indiana when he had took his visit. And it was clearly something that was very important to him. Maybe more important to him than it was to Justin Taylor. That's possible. So I, I hope, uh, like you said, these things are fixable going forward, but you never know what little thing is gonna stick in somebody's head and lose you the recruitment. Yeah. Like when, when it all comes down to it, these things are, Rabbi has said so many times, they're never like 80-20 for the most part, when you're in the top five and you really get down to it, it's like 51, 49, mm -hmm. 52, 48. Well, those little things matter. Oh, when I went on the visit, they didn't really embrace X, you know, or they didn't treat my sister all that great. Like they didn't know that my sister was a volleyball player, like whatever it may be, those things are really important and you need to have a really buttoned up organized staff to nail those things and say what you want about Archie and that staff, and they were unsuccessful at getting out-of-state players, and at the end, in-state. But they were an organized staff with Trace and Christian Lander and Armand and Finnessy and Romeo. They were very organized and diligent. They just did not truthfully have the personality to win those, the big recruitments, period. Or, or, or the success on the court. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Although... Everybody you read says, like, stop thinking that you need to have success on the court to get recruits. But I, but I disagree. because you don't buy it. I, I don't buy it. Because by year, you know, like at any point, the the uh, uh, the rivals, if you will, the Michigan States, the Purdue's, the Ohio States say, hey, um, let's take a look at how Archie's teams play. Let, let's, let's go to the tape. Do you really want to play in that oh, well, system? But that that's fair. I think that's a different argument, though, because I think you're absolutely right there. Well, but, like, let's look at Tom Crean. Because Tom Crean's year three team sucked. But the way they played yes. got Cody Zeller. Yes. Right? So yeah. 
there is you as long as your style of play you can show like this is how we're going to use you except instead of using t john job for that role we're going to use you like i think you're right style of play strategy philosophy is all really important and archie's was just totally backwards and antithetical to getting any top recruits so i agree with you there I just don't know if you need actual wins and losses to get the recruits. I think eventually you do. And Crean, because it was such a dire situation, was able to sell the the biggest rebuild in the history of, of a major college program. You know, as far as like, hey, this has been one of the greatest yeah. programs in history, and it was absolutely decimated. But this style of play and your talent will get it back. You can see I just haven't had the horses but you're the horse that's going to make this whole thing go. You know, with, with Archie, you had Romeo in year one and some uh, and Juwan Morgan in year one, and it still looked like a turd burger. Not year uh, one, Romeo year or, two. Or, yeah, Romeo year two. Yeah, yeah, well, let's see. So in yeah, year one, first it was Robert Johnson, right? Robert Johnson and Juwan were on the team. He had Romeo in his first recruiting class, his first real recruiting class. Yeah, um, and it, it probably helped that Romeo couldn't really see what an Archie Miller team looks like on the court when, you know, it's his guys and in full effect because by the time that was the case, recruits were running for any other program that made him an offer. So we'll see. We'll see with this This I staff. like your point, though. They stubbed their toe. And I don't want to hear them stubbing their toe anymore. Like, yeah, you you don't. This is not a learn as you go job. You know what I mean? Like, we get that there's going to be some learning curve for Woody because he hasn't done it. I get that, but like, no more. Like, you had your one, and now you gotta, you've got to have the people on your staff that know how to organize, and you do in Thad Mata, and you got to listen to him. Well, and you got to let him do what he does and do what you do best and let him put you in the best position to succeed. But if you, you got to know what you don't know and let the people that do know that lay the groundwork. Yeah. And if you are Scott Dolson and you put into place this really cool, what we thought would be sort of progressive kind of department uh, slash program that really maybe other schools were going to start scrambling to emulate to try to find their Thad Mata and then their NBA coach to come back and wow all the kiddos who want to make it to the league. And, and so it was great on paper, but now from Scott to Thad to Woody to the assistants, now you actually all have to work together to make them because if everybody's kind of doing their own thing and not really like maybe part of it's deferential people not wanting to step on other people's toes. Maybe it's a little bit of people like, ah, well, I know that was the kind of the idea, but I'm going to do my thing because I got this job and that can include the assistance by doing my thing. I, I don't know. I don't know how those particular missteps happen, but they all need to be rowing in the same direction from now on, because if we do hear of another time or two of this happening and really shooting ourselves in the foot, then I'll start to get on the Penkowski train of like, oh my God, this, like, it's all going to fall apart. Not, not just the class of 22, but if that falls apart, then the whole Woody experiment is going to be a disaster because we're not getting the Jimmy and Joe's. You know what though? I think you made a really good point before about to get one of these big guys, these big time recruitments, 
you almost have to do everything perfectly every step of the way. And that may not be good enough, you know, but I want to lose knowing that that's what happened. You know what I mean? Like, cause exactly. then it is, then it is about fit or the kid just didn't want to travel too far away from home or there's some family situation at play. But when you stub your own toe or you can't get out of your own way, you are just making a hard process harder. And we don't need to be doing that because we've made basketball at Indiana harder than it needs to be for about 20 years. I mean, that's what we've done. And I just, not, you know, not you and me, not, not, not us. you and me. No, 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 absolutely. We have zero impact on it. <laughs> that's what we've done. Um, but I will say this, the upside is going back to why it's so important to be a premium member of Peegs. This last weekend was so much fun. I was back with my dad and we're like, you know, tracking like who's playing well in these tournaments. What does Xavier Booker look like? How many guys deep are we going for? Do we have five Kenya and, you know, Woody there? Like all that stuff is reported on. And so thoroughly throughout the weekend, uh, Dane even sent out a really funny you know, tweet about Classic. about Jeff Rabjohns is there watching Woody and Kenya Hunter. Like, <laughs> it's great. It's like, I love the kind of self-awareness of it. I think it's really fun. Um, but it's all because, of course, Indiana University basketball is, like our podcast, powered by... Do you think that if I would have had Straight No Chaser do a version of your campaign song, that I would have had a better chance of winning the trustee campaign? Do you know how viral their videos go? Do you know how upset I am? You just asked me that this, the final day of, of the election. <laughs> I just really blew it, didn't I? Talk yeah. about stubbing your toe. <laughs> Jesus, stepping on your own yak. <laughs> oh, oh. I'm going to blame straight no chaser if I lose. Steve, this one's on you, bro. I do want everybody to know we've got our lawyers lined up. Steve Dodato, one of the New York goons, is lined up, ready to go. He's going to be traveling to Bloomington uh, tomorrow morning to monitor the election results. By the way, you know, like I said, they're counting the paper ballots. Right. Do you think anyone filling out a paper ba a ballot voted for me? No. <laughs> <laughs> not one? No, that's not your brand, bro. Do you think I, I got one? Not one? I mean, did your dad do it online? Nope. Nope. Electronic. Yeah. Yeah. Then no, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I, hope, I hope regardless of whether we win or lose, they break down. I would love to know that stat. I would love them to say out of 3,000 paper ballots, you got zero votes. <laughs> you were a purely digital candidate. You are, <laughs> you are a creation of the digital age. Uh, you have, I, I don't think, the, in, you know, unless you're running for re-election, I can't imagine if you lose, you're going to put yourself through this again. Yeah, but let's say you're running for re-election. Uh, 
if you if you're not running again, there will never be another campaign like this. I promise you that. I think that's well. Uh, yeah, I think that's fair because if we lose, who the hell would emulate it? <laughs> and if we It'd be win, great as if you win, and then like like next go around, like all the candidates of every age and background, they're all doing ridiculous videos and Jared having like Morris is doing stupid videos, <laughs> paying AJ Moye to do cameo videos for him or something. <laughs> and then you know, like AJ Guyton is just gonna like basically do it exactly the way you did it with the same words, try to get the same scripts to the same endorsements, just a straight up ripoff. (laughs) We love you, AJ, but fair is fair. (laughs) Hey, I think they broke the mold with you, my friend. You, you broke the mold for yourself. You're one of one board of trustee candidates. I'm very proud of not just the time and effort you put into it, but the passion and thought you put into it. And I really, really hope for your sake and for Indiana University's sake, you win. I appreciate that. It's been a fun ride. We will find out in about 24 hours. I do appreciate, and I'll say it again after they announce whether we win or lose, but every single person who has tweeted, sent a direct message, emailed, any way you've gotten in touch with me to tell me you voted for me and supported this campaign has been overwhelming, flattering, and humbling. And I sincerely thank every single person for doing that. It has been a blast to do. It has helped build our community even better, which if we're able to take that to the Board of Trustees meetings, we will, and we will represent it in in a manner that uh, befits it. And if we lose, we're going to use this community that we've built stronger to help continue to do content, to do events, to bring Indiana University fans, alumni, and former players and the programs closer together because that's our mission and that's what we're going to continue to do, whether it's inside or outside the boardroom. And we know many of those people inside the boardroom would much prefer it to be outside of the boardroom. I just imagine like a, a big, huge two by six on the inside of the boardroom doors being nailed shut. (laughs) Like they know Pitkowski's on the other side and there's a bunch of them just working together to keep you from walking through those doors, which is why I want you in there that much more. Yeah, I mean, that's really the best reason to vote. Like just to see, you know, what was it in, uh, in Batman? Like Joker, like he's got no ideology. It's just some men just like to see the world burn. Like, if you want to vote for me just because you want to see what this thing looks like just up in flames, then then go for it. It's a, it's it's really a big tent uh, a candidacy here. You know, complete anarchists are just as welcome as those who just want to see 50% of the entire university budget go to the basketball program. <laughs> you know what is funny? I was having this conversation with my dad. You know, there's one student trustee member who's appointed. Right. I am probably more aligned with that person on the board than any of the other board members. That was the one person that voted to keep tuition, uh, not raise tuition. Right. You know, I, I just feel like there is this, there are like two major disconnects. There's a major disconnect between alumni 
and Indiana University. And we know that by the fact that less than 2% vote in trustee elections. They are not invested. And that is partly because the Board of Trustees and Indiana has done a piss poor job of being transparent and open and making alumni feel like they are still connected and have a voice in shaping the future of Indiana University. And the second is, I think there's a major disconnect between the current students of Indiana and the trustees who are supposed to be making decisions to benefit them. I think there's a giant disconnect. I think some of it is age. I really do. For sure. A giant generation gap, multi-generation. Like, yeah, several generations. Yeah, and, and, and I just don't think they listen. And I think when you've got these you know, trustees in an ivory tower deciding to raise tuition on kids, you know, and families and raise it by a hundred bucks. And they're like, well, what's a hundred bucks? We need the money more than they do. It's just so out of touch with what's going on in reality that, uh, that it needs to change. So I'm actually looking forward to, if I win to like, go meet with the student trustee and be like, you've got a lot of power here. You're one of nine. Like what, what, what are the students saying? You should be the vessel for the students and you should be able to wield that to get other people on the board to support you. And I want to be that. I want to be that. Well, and from inside or outside the boardroom, uh, you know, I just think w- there is a, a platform here now, thanks to the the internet age and the age of podcasts, it, where some noise can be made. Whereas before, it's like, how do you even get the board of trustees know to know that a sizable amount of the alumni and or the students are really up in arms about something. Well, one, now you can create a greater awareness of the decisions they're making and and like foster outrage because, you know, with a simple tweet, thousands of people now know that a decision was made. Whereas before, unless they're getting the mailer once a month or whatever it is and really reading the thing and taking the time, who knew? And, and so, and then once the information's out there, if a lot of people are legitimately upset and want to change, it's a lot easier to galvanize like, hey, retweet this or let's show up at something and let them know in person that this is not okay. Because I would imagine for most of the last 200 years, these decisions came and went with very few people being aware of them. And and I will also say, look, with NIL, if we're going to focus on athletics, there's a lot going to change. Like this this next year and how Indiana reacts to NIL and the Supreme Court decision in the Alston case, Indiana could pay an additional 5,900 hours per year for athletes right now. Yep. And I got to tell you, if I'm in that boardroom, I'm going to fight that we should be doing that. Totally. I, that I'm going to, history is not going to look kindly on the people who drag their feet. Like you, you can just see it with all of these big movements. You know, it's like, just go back and look at, you know, the 30,000 foot level on, movements that happened at, at, at any level of any strata of society, you can see like whether it was desegregation or women's rights, you know, or LGBTQ rights, like history does not look kindly on the people who say, no, we got to do it like we did before. And it just doesn't, progress doesn't stop. You may not like it, but if Indiana is going to have a leadership role in any of these places, and success in the places we want to, you better not be second or 20th or 200th. We should be first. We We, shouldn't wait around. 
and God bless Scott Dolson. He, he is fighting really hard to be on the right side of history here. And as I was thinking about, you know, is it a coincidence that the announcement for board of trustees is going to occur virtually at the exact same time in history as NIL coming into full effect. Right. You want to talk about a tipping point, a seismic change, uh, not only in the board of trustees at IU, but for all of college athletics. I certainly hope you're in that room to help us navigate in these early days, but seeing some of the tweets start to come out, you know, Osterman. And so it begins. And, and you can see now like NIL is about to hit. And it's almost like, right as COVID was starting to hit and you're like, is this, this is really happening. And the ramifications are going to be huge. I can't quite wrap my brain around it, but we better buy a shit ton of toilet paper. <laughs> exactly. You know, That's exactly right. And then, and then you know, we'll get into it. Changes coming. <laughs> yes. I better, you know what? I'm not exactly sure how it's going to shake out, but I better get that better modem now. <laughs> like you know like i know uh, i'm gonna get the nest the to trade in the flip cam flip <laughs> the flip phone for an iphone like i, I better get a ring light and and I, i'm telling you it is it's here and we should be a leader in it and if there is a lever we can push that is legal and it is out there and it's where other schools are gonna go let's be first and if we can't afford to give 5,900 to every student, then let's just make the decision. Okay, we're going to do year one, 5,900 for every basketball player and 5,900 for every football player. Now, what that means most likely is Title IX would mean you have to give it to a comparable – basketball is easy because you would give it to the women basketball players. Right. But football, you would have to match the same numbers with female athletes. Which okay. would probably be like two or three sports that have yeah, a lot of female fine. track and field, diving, swimming. Fine. Do it. Mm -hmm. Do it. Yeah. And, and by the way, I would do it I mean, just to make it totally fair. I would just lay out very plainly so everybody can see, look, we, we can't, it's going to cost $4 million to give it to everybody. We can't do that year one. We're going to do it based on the revenue. Period. Well, and, and like to me, it's a very simple argument that is irrefutable. It's like, um excuse me, non-revenue sport. Your sport wouldn't exist. You wouldn't have your scholarship if it wasn't for these two revenue sports. So yes, you- But I'm saying in how you pick the female sports, I would simply do it based on revenue of those sports. The ones that cost the most and earn the least, those are last in line to get the 5,900. They're already subsidized by those other programs, right. by those other athletes. So- you're welcome for that. And hopefully we'll find it for you in the future too. But honestly, we, this is, this is the breadwinner of the family. So hopefully you can respect that. And I also want to say this fans want to know how they can have a direct impact on helping us bring players to Indiana and bring prospects. It's why people follow recruits. It's why they tweet at recruits. And, and I, we could get into that whole other thing. I know so many people get so offended when like I tweet at a recruit or whatever, like just get over yourself. These kids are on Twitter and posting because they want you to tweet at them. They are not <laughs> doing it in a vacuum they <laughs> love the attention they, they tell us that they, they are telling us that they have an option to set their profile on private 
Correct. And you know what? <laughs> when you say just arrived in Bloomington, where are you at, Hoosiers? They're not doing a private account. <laughs> I mean, it's it's like I I it like offends people's sensibilities. Fine, then don't read Twitter. But the the idea that it offends the kids that are doing it is just nuts. They love it. They love it. They want it. You can argue that it's good or bad for them, but they want it. So let's get get over that. I don't even know where the hell I was going. Uh, I thought we were wrapping up like ten minutes ago. I know, but oh, what I was gonna say is. Fans like to think that they have a direct impact, which is why right. they do that. I got to tell you, I am all for us. Like if this goes forward and Indiana needs to raise money to additional money to pay the 5,900 because they don't have it. Look, if you're an Indiana fan out there and you want us to get the best recruit, that 5,900 hours, that's 24,000 over four years. That couldn't make the difference. If Again, if you're in a 51-49 recruitment and this school is going to give you six grand more a year and that school's not, that might make a tipping point difference. I got it. We're going to institute and adopt an athlete program, okay? <laughs> Dolson can call people directly, say, for $5,900 a year, would you sponsor this athlete? Yes. Maybe that's like, that's not how it can work legally or by the book, whatever that's going to mean now and whoever would enforce that. I don't know. But that idea of how many athletes are there over the 24 sports? Uh, well, hold on. I can tell you because. Yeah, I was like, that feels like a, a stat you've told me before. Whatever is like 4 million divided by 5,900. Yeah, it's about, I think we have like 675 athletes, something like that. So is there 700 alumni out there with 6,000 bucks a year that they'd like to adopt an athlete? Or you adopt the left leg of the athlete. <laughs> yeah, me, I'm in for a toe. Yeah, you got, <laughs> Ward's got left pinky. pinky toe. No, 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 no. I'd go like ring toe, middle toe. Okay, middle toe, yeah, yeah. The second from the end toe isn't great either. That's not a great toe. No, no. I'm pretty sure evolution is going to get rid of both of those toes sooner rather than later. Well, I just watched Waterworld with my kids. I mean, pretty soon we're all going to have gills. Let's do it. Let's do it. It'll be, you know, the swimming and diving team will be ahead of the curve on that. I feel like Lily King does have gills. Oh, Lily King being a little salty about NIL coming in after her collegiate career. Love it. God Love bless it. her. She would have cleaned up. Yeah. She would have cleaned up. And by the way, she's right. She got hosed. Yep. She got totally hosed. And by the way, you don't think that that was a good recruitment tool for Indiana to bring a certain level of person to Indiana? Hey, if you're into swimming and diving, we just had the most successful swimming and diving athlete in the Olympics. She set world records in the butterfly. Like Indiana utilized her to bring people. So if Lily King wanted to use her image and likeness to make some scratch, go for it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, well, look, man, uh, all I'm saying is NIL's here. We should be a leader in it. We'll find out if I'm going to have any impact on that at all tomorrow. Really, I'm, I'm not nervous, Ward, but it's weird that it's here. Yeah, I – Two times in this conversation, as you've sort of set the table for like, we're going to find out, I get a, a little butterfly, like a little like, whoa, because then the reality of it's like, yeah, the journey, the journey is either ending or just about to begin. And either way, it's, it's been a fun ride. I certainly hope it continues. Um, 
Well, and if I win, you're running next year. <laughs> you know that will never happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll be back with an interview next week, one way or the other. Uh, also, if you're uh, still listening, we will do spaces tonight, right? Sure. Warren? Why not? Eastern time. Let's do 8 p.m. Eastern time, 5 p.m. West Coast time. And uh, make sure you go to Twitter, follow us, and we'll go live at 5 p.m. If the time changes, we'll we'll put it out on Twitter as well and on the message boards at Peaks. But that said, thanks again for everybody who's joined us on the ride of this campaign. And we will find out tomorrow, and we will talk to you next week. Follow us on Twitter. Almost forgot. Wow. Follow us on Twitter at Hoosier Hysterics for the hysterics. No E, no I. But, but the sometimes, sometimes why? why? Who's your man to lead us? Who's not a total dud? Who's your brother bleeding? Crimson blue blood. Who's your man demanding what you want and more? Who's you gotta get us back to the final four? We got to vote for Eric, man for you and me. We all trust in Eric, future trustee. If you want to see the candy stripe back in the promised land, you best just vote for Eric, cause I know who Has who's your man? Some people just know there's a better way to do things. Like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate. Or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So, do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.